This is an AMI podcast. I'm Dave Brown, and this is a podcast version of AMI's Morning Show, now with Dave Brown. Catch the live broadcasts weekdays from 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern on AMI-audio and AMI-tv. Welcome back. Last, It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Last month, the United Nations International Court of Justice rejected Myanmar's preliminary objection to a case regarding its alleged human rights abuses of the Rohingya minority. To learn more about the impact of this decision and where it may lead is Fareed Khan, founder of the organization Canadians United Against Hate. Hey, Fareed, thank you for making time to be with us today. We're always grateful for your insight. Well, thank you for having me back. So, Fareed, this case was brought forth by Gambia. What exactly were the claims being made by Gambia? Well, the case was filed in uh, 2019 after the world witnessed the atrocities that were being committed by Myanmar against the Rohingya. And uh, the claim by Gambia under the Genocide Convention was that the government of Myanmar committed genocide. And so the case was filed. And this most recent decision had to do with a complaint filed by Myanmar that uh, Gambia had no standing and didn't have a right to bring a case before the International Court of Justice. Farid, we've spoken to you before about the situation on the ground in Myanmar. Where does this decision leave the situation for the Rohingya people? Well, there's still 1.2 million people living in the largest refugee camp in the world in, uh, in Bangladesh. Um, there are still some 500 to 600,000. We're not sure the numbers because um, Myanmar stopped counting Rohingya in their census, but uh, there are somewhere between 500 to 600,000 Rohingya still trapped in Myanmar who are still being subjected to policies of genocide, oppression, and brutality. And uh, it's, uh, it's, in modern times, it's the world's longest ongoing genocide because essentially genocidal policies have been in place by the Myanmar government for uh, about four decades. And what we saw in 2017 and, and since then is just the final stage of the genocide, which is essentially to wipe out the um, remaining members of that minority group. There are a lot of human rights concerns going on across the globe right now. What kind of attention is, is, is the plight of the Rohingya people getting right now in the context of so many other major uh, human rights abuses and, and genocides going on around the world? Well, it seems to have been lost. Um, occasionally you get an, uh, you know, an issue like this pop up with the ICJ or something else comes up um, and uh, it's brought back to the forefront, but it's nowhere near the top of the media or the um, political agenda of nations the way it was uh, five years ago. Um, the thing is that Western nations and Canada and other Western nations in particular consistently um, set themselves up uh, saying that they are the defenders of the international legal order. Well, the international legal order includes the Genocide Convention. And, um, you know, if you're going to uphold the international legal order, then you need to be uh, enforcing those conventions and laws and treaties that have been signed. 
And frankly, it seems like uh, the West is talking out, out of both sides of its mouth when it says it's the international or it's a defender of the international uh, law and a defender of human rights because it seems like it's selective. And um, as a result, you have people continuing to suffer and be brutalized in, in a number of places around the world. Farid, as you mentioned, this is a story that has been playing out for decades, but it's been playing out under the microscope for about five years. I remember we spoke to you in early 2021 after there was some political instability in Myanmar and a coup took place. What's the overall political situation on the ground right now in Myanmar? Well, the the the, uh, the coup has not, uh, the, the leaders of the coup have not uh, returned to democracy. There is still pressure um, for them to return to democracy. And the thing is, though, that uh, countries, including Canada, are doing business with that regime, despite the fact that it is no longer a democracy. Um, we filed a letter with uh, Global Affairs um, back in uh, 2020, after we had a meeting, and we cited instances of Canadian companies doing business with the Myanmar regime, despite uh, Canada saying that uh, this was a, um, a nation that had committed genocide. And as far as we know, no action has been taken. In addition, on two separate occasions, Canada made a very public um, uh, uh, display of saying it was going to support Gambia in its, uh, in its uh, case at the International Court of Justice. And as far as we know, nothing has been done following those announcements. So there's a lot of hypocrisy on the part of Canada and Western nations uh, with regard not just to um, Myanmar, but for example, the Uyghurs, uh, Kashmir, and other uh, minorities that have been brutalized and persecuted. Let's come back to the ICJ, the International Court of Justice. Now that this particular hurdle has been cleared, what's the timeline for any any kind of investigation or, or, or claims to be heard? And what are the consequences that Myanmar could face if they're found guilty? Well, unfortunately, these sorts of cases take years. We're already um, into year four since the uh, case was filed by Gambia. And only recently, just last month, did we have this uh, complaint decision um, uh, decided upon by the judges, which, by the way, it was decided unanimously. Um, and uh, if we look to the example of uh, the, um, the case of the Balkans genocide, um, and the people who were, you know, put in front of the International Criminal Court in that case, it took more than a decade to see justice. Um, uh, as far as I know, no court case was brought uh, against uh, Serbia in that case uh, at the International Court of Justice. So unfortunately, it, there are many years ahead before this court case is decided. And should the, um, uh, should the justices decide in favor of the plaintiff, which in this case is Gambia, and they do issue a, um, uh, a decision in the favor of the Rohingya, then there's the matter of enforcement. Who's going to enforce that? And will, um, will Gambia abide by the, or, sorry, will uh, Myanmar abide by the uh, decision of the International, International Criminal Court? So um, it's good that it's there in front of the court, but there's still 
a long ways to go before a decision is made, and it remains to be seen whether justice will be truly done. Fareed, so oftentimes on this show, we have a tendency to look inward and really keep our attention on a couple of international stories and really focus on Canadian stories as well. We're always so grateful that you help us expand our horizons, even though the stories that you share with us are oftentimes very difficult. We really appreciate your insight and your knowledge on these matters. So thank you for once again broadening our horizons. Well, thank you once again for having me back. You've been listening to Now with Dave Brown. Hit the subscribe button on any podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.